Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. That means we truly depend on you in order to bring this resource to you. If you don't already support us financially, you could do so. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. You'll see our three friendly yellow buttons there. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Click on one of them and fill that out. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Friday, June 14th, 2019. We're going to be listening to another interview by Stephen Kozar. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. And this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible and compare, compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. No shortage of crazy things being said out there. And we take the time to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, <gasps> self-appointed apostles and apostolettes, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works. Over again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine that is put forward uh, for consumption by the average evangelical, far from biblical, far from what God's Word says. And so we want to equip you and train you in discernment and sound biblical exegesis so that you can rightly test the spirits and the, the messages coming to you in the name of God to see if they are truly from God. Now, what we're going to do today, we're going to be uh, handing over the microphone to our good friend Stephen Kozar of the Messed Up Church blog, MessedUpChurch.com, I think. And uh, he's going to be interviewing Brandon Kimber. If you do not know who Brandon Kimber is, Brandon Kimber is the documentarian who put together the uh, documentary, uh, The American Gospel. And uh, and he's hard at work at on part two of The American Gospel. Just so you know, he's in, in production. And, you know, we'll see. Lord willing, uh, we'll make the cut. Um, uh, you know, um, I'm technically in The, uh, the American Gospel uh, part two. Uh, but <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. It's one thing, you know, filming the footage, it's another thing to see the final cut. But uh, let's just say that uh, there's a good chance I, I <laughs> I'll make the cut. <laughs> so let's get to it. Without any further ado, here is uh, Stephen Kozar interviewing Brandon Kimber of the American Church Documenter. Here we go. All right. I'm on the phone with my friend Brandon Kimber. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm groovy. 
I'm, Great. I'm single-handedly bringing back the word groovy for all those who are wondering. <laughs> you young people, you got to get familiar with the lingo for crying out loud. <laughs> so you're in your car right now, and you're on your cell phone, and you are a busy man. You're the movie guy. You're the American gospel guy. It's been so much fun getting to know you over the past. It's been almost a year now, right? Or yeah. over a year. Well, hoping we can meet in person someday. Yes, absolutely. I do want to come out there. Uh, in fact, you, you're having a uh, movie showing. Is it? It's at your church tonight? Yes. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I wish I could be there, but I'm going to be at a Snarky Puppy concert in Madison tonight, which is my favorite <laughs> band in the whole world. Okay, so let's get into this interview. I, I actually did something I don't normally do. I wrote some notes down, and you have the notes in front of you so that we can kind of stay on track. And we want to kind of get the story about what, what this movie's about, some of the details about the making of the movie, some of the neat things that have happened, and uh, hopefully you can tell us a little bit about some of the plans you have for more movies. Which sure. Is, yeah, it's really cool. And, I'll, and I should just start by saying I know you because of the movie. You contacted me and you wanted me to give you some input about the whole Todd White thing. And so I'm listed in the movie as a researcher, which is really cool. And I have that little spot where I'm talking about Todd White, which was a pain in the neck to do because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out fine. And now I'm probably – I was just thinking about this before we got on the phone um, – Todd White apparently is doing seminars or something where he's teaching on your movie and how wrong it is, you yeah. know, frame by frame. And I'm wondering what he says when he gets to the part with me. I'll, yeah, I, can you I imagine? I wonder that too. <laughs> he's going now. This guy skips. <laughs> this guy, Stephen Kozar, don't go near this man. I don't know. <laughs> it's just bizarre. The whole thing yeah, is it's crazy. It, you know, the whole thing is crazy, but it's all really good too. So let's get started with this. Uh, for those who have not seen the movie, don't know what we're talking about, give us a thumbnail plot of the American Gospel movie. So the film is titled American Gospel: Christ Alone. And I guess the question I try to answer is, is Christianity Jesus plus? So the first half, or I guess you could say the first 40 minutes of this is talking about Christ plus works. And we're talking about moralistic preaching where a uh, preacher is preaching just the commands of scripture, all law, no gospel. And so I try to establish what is the gospel through that before I dive into the word of faith or prosperity gospel, which would be Christ plus health, wealth, prosperity. Um, so that's kind of uh, an outline, if that helps. Yeah, that's a really good outline. I I thought that your ability to uh, weave together so many clips, so many interviews, and really so many ideas, and to come out at the end with such clarity was just super impressive. I, I, I'm, I'm like your biggest fan. Oh, i got to figure out how to stop my phone from doing this. Sorry about that. I thought no I pushed the right button so it wouldn't beep when somebody calls me. I'm a professional podcaster. Um <laughs> So now let me get back to complimenting you. Uh, 
<laughs> no, seriously, I, I thought you did a great job of really uh, getting to the heart of the gospel message. And um, that's why, you know, I think so many Christians are looking at this going, somebody's really kind of getting to this core issue that is seems like in a lot of ways it's been uh, skirted around. You know, it's, it's almost assumed that everybody knows what the gospel is, so let's talk about something else. And it seems like your movie is really forcing people to go, no, 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 stop that. Wait a minute. Let's, you know, let's get back to what is the actual gospel. And, and, and by doing so, you have to also say, what is it not? Yeah. Which is what the second half of the movie does. Uh, it, you well, kinda, I'm glad. I'm glad it. Uh, I'm glad it came through clearly. Yeah. Um, so, give us a little bit about the statistics. Um, let's see. We're right now at the end of May, and it came out when exactly? Now was it? Well, officially, we released it on Vimeo in October 2018. Um, then DVD in about December, and then in January it was out on all the digital platforms like iTunes and Amazon. Um, so I would say really it's been since the beginning of this year, January was kind of the major release where it kind of got out Yeah. beyond um, just our small social media page. Right. Well, and I would think that a movie like this is so much different than a big, you know, budget movie where, it's all done all at once, and you know it either flops or it's a hit, and then it's done. There's nothing else after that. Whereas yours, there was no budget for this huge advertising campaign and big distribution network and all that stuff, and major theaters and all that. So it could actually get bigger, right? As as the months go yeah. by. I mean, all of all of the promotion has really just been organic. Uh, you know, everyone is just wanting to share it with everyone they know. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it works for us. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to say specifically what the statistics are at this point. Um, we've had people requesting translations from all over the world. We've had People offering to do Chinese and German, French, Arabic, wow. uh, Farsi, Dutch subtitles for free. You know, we did Spanish. We paid for Spanish. Uh, but just from just looking at the, um, you know, your views on uh, Facebook and YouTube, there's been about 100 or sorry, 1.5 million views wow of the one hour version yeah and apparent according to my boss he thinks we've reached about a hundred thousand with the full but that's really hard you know you can't really tell someone you know buys the movie they might be showing it to 20 different people so it's really hard to say yeah but it's it's definitely uh, done what you were hoping it would do and then some, right? Yeah, and I, normally, just because this is our third documentary, the momentum dies down after a couple months. This has actually done the opposite or stayed pretty steady hmm. just since January. So it's, it's, it's doing pretty well. You know, and... I got into this thing as somebody who 
um, you know, I had no background of understanding anything about what you do, you know, just being a discernment minister, quote unquote. And everything in the discernment world typically is done with blogs or with YouTube videos or with Facebook. You know, those are all kind of social media platforms. So I didn't really think too much about what is the difference between social media and an independent film. And if you would have asked me a year ago, I probably would have said, oh, I don't know. I, you know, it seems like a lot of trouble to make an independent film. You know, why, why don't you just stick it on YouTube? But now I look at it and I realize there is something very different about the perception of an actual movie, a professionally done movie. Somehow it's like um, a YouTube video, you can turn it on, turn it off. You know, social media, you can just kind of take a glance at it. But this movie kind of... Just the format itself, but especially the quality of the movie, seems to force people to really sit down and make it an event. Let's watch this movie. Yeah. And they give it more attention, which I I didn't really think about, and it makes sense now to me, though. Is that something you maybe were aware of right from the beginning, or you just wanted to make a movie, and that was all there was to it? Yeah, I mean, that was part of it. There's definitely a sense... If a, if a documentary is just going to be a YouTube documentary, um, that it's going to be kind of cheesy and not going to keep your interest very well. So production quality um, and actually taking time to craft something definitely helps um, in presenting a story or just presenting the gospel even. Sure. So speaking of that, what are some of your favorite um, things, which messages or stories um, from the viewers that have come as a result of this? Because that's been one of the coolest things. You started a, a, a private Facebook group and you put me in there and we get to interact with people as they contact you. Yeah. Um, there have been different people who have contacted us, you know, explaining how the film opened their eyes to the truth and uh, it's just kind of like a snowball effect where uh, you start meeting new people that have new stories for future films. Um, Or we were talking about before um, (laughs) we got contacted by someone who knew Todd White um, so that we got to see some, interactions with him and how he responded to the film. Uh, So it's just been very cool. Specifically, I'd say um, the story that everyone knows about is uh, Lindsay Davis. Right. And and, uh, this is another interview that isn't out there yet, but basically Todd White got the DVD lovingly presented to him and he smashed it. And he, yeah. said that, he said that he was more determined than ever to continue doing the kind of preaching that he's been doing all along and that American gospel is, you know, blah, 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 blah. So that's another story. But there, so there has been some kind of, uh, you know, two different opposing ideas rubbing up against each other, and there has been some conflict. But more than that has been the positive things that have happened, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, do you want me to get into the story about Lindsay? Sure, might as well. Okay, give me one second. I got to plug in my phone. Oh, go ahead. 
<clears throat> all right. I don't know if you, maybe do you want do you want to ask that question or do you just want me to get into it? <laughs> Tell me about Lindsay Davis. <laughs> Let's try that one more time. Yeah, <laughs> so, where that, where that is, yeah, I found it. Okay. Yeah, we're skipping ahead in our outline. Who cares? Yeah, so, who cares? So, um, a number of people have contacted you because of how the the movie really impacted them, and it's it's got to be the most uh, popular, biggest, most uh, well known, or whatever, however you want to phrase it. Lindsay Davis is one of those people, and her story is just grown like crazy over the last few months. Tell us a little bit about that whole thing. So earlier in the year, we got a a Facebook message from uh, a girl who is part of the uh, Blue Stocking Baptist podcast. And she told us about Lindsay, Lindsay Davis, who was, or at the time, she was a uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry student and the girls um at the blue stocking baptist had been interacting with Lindsay on facebook Lindsay had a a viral uh post that she made that had over a hundred thousand shares and so these girls were kind of her critics and uh asked her to watch american gospel and Lindsay decided to watch it uh, with pen and notepad in hand to critique it. And she says that, you know, 15 minutes in, she decided to be teachable and put down her pen and paper and just listen. Yeah. And uh, she says by the end of the film, the Holy Spirit had opened her eyes to the deception that she was in and uh, just everything uh, change. She started speaking out against the teachings and practices at Bethel on her social media page, and her leaders um, at the school were seeing that and had a few meetings with her. And eventually, she was kicked out yeah. um, of the school. And so, I had been planning to do a sequel for American gospel that focused on what some call the new apostolic reformation or, you know, the signs and wonders, mystical miracle movement. Um, Just because this was something that I grew up in. So I had always thought about possibly maybe hiring someone to go undercover as a student at one of these supernatural schools of ministry like Bethel. Sure. Although that was a pretty far-fetched, expensive idea. But this kind of dropped into my lap. Here's a a student coming out of it um, impacted by our film. And so I contacted Lindsay and she agreed to be involved in the sequel and have me film her story. So I went to Reading for a week. We filmed her story. That was kind of before she left officially. And so that will be one of, you know, many stories included in 
what will probably be the third film. Wow. So you've got a lot of footage and I'm just amazed that you keep all this stuff straight. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how I do it either. <laughs> well, and we didn't even talk about how this movie, uh, not that you worked on it every single day, but for four years it was a process and it really kind of came together in the last year, correct? Yeah, actually I was kind of looking at a, you know, Facebook time hop thing and it was about a year ago today where I officially started like really editing hmm. American gospel Christ alone. So it was from about May, late May to finishing in October. Um, before that, you know, I had been shooting interviews over a few years, every few months and kind of doing research and organizing the footage, you know, it has to be transcribed and you have to figure out how you're going to make a story with hundreds of hours of content. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of it was just kind of prepping and then executing in the last few months. What is it like when you make a movie like this? It's not a YouTube movie, which is just all public domain stuff, but it's a, it's a, an independent film that you are going to own, but you're using copyrighted material, or maybe it's not copyrighted material. You know, some of those little clips off of YouTube. Yeah. I know I can share that on a YouTube video that I make as long as it's altered in some way with a little notice. Yeah. How does that work when it's an actual movie? Do you have to actually get permission in some different way? We have to go through a very extensive legal review to see if those clips are being used in accordance with the fair use law. So yeah. the fair use law is if you are commenting or criticizing someone's perspective, you can use footage, you know, their footage as an example, um, as long as it's not like excessive in length. It's got to meet a few different you know, requirements, but it's a, it's a pretty hard process. Um, you have to document every single clip and send it to lawyers and then they tell you what they don't think works and you have to fight to explain to them why you think it works because they don't understand Christianity and huh. so <laughs> you have to kind of tell them the context of why, <laughs> you know. So are, are these lawyers that you, you've hired or is it a, yeah okay so they're they're just kind of like a uh, this is what they do for a living yeah they, they a third do this party with tons of other documentaries so it's like an official thing that people do huh. and it's really it's it's to get uh, a certificate of insurance so that if you get sued you have insurance that's basically what it is wow I didn't know any of that and so um, you could still get sued you're just protected yeah <laughs> you're, you're not you're not preventing yourself from getting sued you just kind of wow you have to get prepared for that so maybe you don't want to talk about this publicly but has anything like that happened so far not not related to the film but we've had some with our other films which were uh their wrongful conviction yeah. crime films where you know we uh, you know, help get people out of prison. And in the process, you're kind of accusing others of wrongdoing. So, hmm. yeah, that's all I can say about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's just interesting. Okay. Let's get back to our notes here. Um, 
Like uh, the amount of social media attention. Did you kind of hope that it would get this big or is it actually much bigger than you thought or is that really not your personality? You just did what you did and it happened the way it happened. Um, I wasn't expecting the social media um, stuff at first. Uh, just, just to explain, as I was working on this film over the last three years, I had made some concept trailers, which I didn't really intend for them to get out publicly, but one did at one point, and it kind of went viral, and people were you know, anticipating the film way before it was <laughs> ready to be done. So that was a trailer, but not really. <laughs> yeah, it was more like concept trailer yeah. just for me to recruit people, more people to be interviewed for it. Huh. And so from that, it kind of, you know, snowballed or built from just being a, a private project to oh this is everyone's starting to know about this yeah well and um i don't know if you want to talk about this either but in that trailer you had some people that you interviewed that you took out that never wound up being in the final film some pretty famous people <laughs> yeah um i guess that would be francis chan yeah um interviewed him probably late 2015 or early 2016 and you know since that time he had started to associate with a lot of the NAR and word of faith people while he claimed to be against the prosperity gospel and I wasn't really sure um why um I had been in contact with them and you know I I told him I wasn't really going to include him in the first film because I didn't, I think there would be a conflict there and he wouldn't be comfortable with that. And they thanked me for that. Hmm. I think they agreed and they said, you know, they hadn't done enough research onto, you know, Bill Johnson and Todd White to, to be able to say whether or not they were preaching false doctrine or, or not. So So this is before the the Twitter stuff happened. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. But then the send the send event happened where, you know, Francis was promoting that. Yeah. He he uh was on, you know, he was on stage not at the same time, but he was pr had praised Todd White from the from the stage and he had taken a picture with Benny Hinn and I decided to tweet out about that. Just sharing my, my concerns. I tried to do it in the most loving way possible. And, um, it, I guess everyone started emailing, uh, Francis's, uh, crazy love ministry. And, uh, they kind of, contacted me with a, a slight rebuke um i I'm, I'm i'm overall i'm glad that it kind of got their attention yeah 
Yeah, I you shared that letter with me, and I was I was very disappointed with the way they uh, they didn't portray things accurately at all. It was like, come on, you 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 you're supposed to be this you know worldwide influence who's authoritative, and yet you claim to be ignorant of all this stuff that the rest of us all know about. And you're traveling around the world in airplanes and sitting in waiting rooms. You've got time to do the research. Don't yeah. don't tell us you just don't know. I, I that is just not. Uh, you know, if somebody just came out last week and nobody nobody knew about him, fine, I get it. But Todd White's been out. Bill Johnson's been out for years and years. We have so much footage of weird, bad things they've said that. Anyway, yeah, it's been really interesting. And you, um, I forgot to even start by mentioning your. Uh, Young guy, you're a uh, young family. You've got a wonderful young family. You're, you're uh, what is it, 33, something like that? 32 right 32. now. 32. So yep. you've, you've faced a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> kind of put yourself uh, out there in the, in the middle of this thing. I, I'm guessing maybe a little bit more conflict than you expected or, or no? Did you kind of know this was possibly going to boil over in some of the ways that it has? I kind of expected it. Yeah. I mean, you know that the gospel divides. Yeah. And you're going to have those two extreme reactions. You're going to, it's going to be foolish. Um, or, you know, or, or people are going to love it. So, you know, and, and I guess, and I'm, I, I don't think I'm saying that Francis thinks the new God, the the true gospel is is foolish, but I think there are some areas where people, you know, everyone has blind spots. Sure. Um, and honestly, I think Francis's reason for not being aware of these ministries is, I think I've heard him say that he decided to just not pay attention to critics, to not look on social media. Because as a leader, he gets overwhelmed by, you know, I guess the discernment types. And in a way, I understand, but I think that's needed. I mean, I think the Apostle Paul welcomed the critique of the Bereans. Right. Um, that should be the attitude of, you know, any minister of the gospel is to, to have their teaching tested with scripture and they shouldn't be saying touch not the Lord's anointed. Right. Ben or, Hinn, or, or let's just all get along. You know, everybody's just a different flavor, but we're all part of the same group. You can only take that so far because eventually you wind up saying, well, there really is no such thing as heresy. There really is no such thing as false teaching. As long as somebody says they love Jesus, you know, they're all part of the same group. And yeah, that's kind of where we find ourselves in the modern evangelical church today. It's just very ambiguous. And, you know, that's, that's what I, kind of at the core your, your movie has done. And that's what I try to do. That's what Chris Roseborough tries. You know, a lot of us are trying to do the same thing. We're trying to take away all of that ambiguity. And you have to use yeah. contrast. You know, you have to portray what something is by portraying what the other things are that are different. Yeah comparing the counterfeit to the true yeah it's definitely helpful and i i think that's why you know video is very a very strong format or medium to do that because you can just show 
you know, the, the false clip compared to the scripture side by side. I know. And you can see yep. this is the opposite of Christianity. That's that's why I yeah I love what video can do and that's why I sometimes pester you and a few other people can, can you should do this you should make a video where you do this 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 and this and now I'm finally learning how to at least use iMovie so I can do a few things myself because I I really see that potential yeah. because these guys are all over the uh, internet you know they're filming everything there's so much footage it's crazy so. Uh, if you're going to say something as a representative of the gospel of, of Christianity, then you should be willing to back it up and accept uh, the potential that you might be wrong and someone's going to point it out and compare what you say to Scripture. And that's not the pl- place where a, a true minister should say, how dare you? You know, they should say, wow, I'm going to think about that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's there's a there's a point where, you can say I agree to disagree. You know, there's some some uh, issues where we we see things a little bit different. Yeah, secondary issues. Secondary issues. I try to focus on the gospel essential issues in the film, and I really think that's where you know the Word of Faith movement and the New <clears throat> Apostolic Reformation, a lot of their doctrines are distorting gospel essential doctrines right where it becomes a different gospel because there's a different jesus you know a jesus that lived his sinless life as a man not god you know that jesus (laughs) you know our salvation part of our salvation is christ's perfect life and so you're they're essentially saying that a man saved us not god which is a pretty <laughs> blasphemous thing to say. Right. Yeah, and, and they say that because they want us to feel like, wow, we could be just like Jesus. We just got to try harder and pray more and, you know, buy the training session DVDs or go, yeah. or take the, the class, you know, go to the school, whatever. Yeah. All right, we're going to pause right there and pay some bills. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard, on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at pirate Christian. Quick break, and we come back, the balance of uh, Stephen Kozar's interview of Brandon Kimber uh, from the documentary The American Gospel. Stay tuned, don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. We don't need to rethink Christianity. We need to rediscover it. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. I've had enough of this sissy, pansy, cunning, photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway.
Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. I do wish these planes would give us passengers more legroom. Hey, let me help you with your luggage. Oh, thank you so much. What in the world do you have in these bags? Bricks. Bricks? I'm a door-to-door brick salesperson. I'm not in your ass. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you have not already done so, please stow your carry-on luggage underneath the seat in front of you or in an overhead bin. Please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt. And make sure your seat back and tray tables are in their full, upright, and locked positions. Thank you. Thank you, Brittany. In case y'all don't know me, I'm Mark Drinkle, and I'm going to be your pilot for today. Oh, dear. He looks more like a terrorist, if you ask me. If any of you passengers feel at any time that you could pilot this plane better than me, then you'll be slippery thrown under the bus. I mean plane. As you may have noticed, there are also no parachutes on this flight. Which means, should you be thrown off the plane, that your landing will be unpleasant. We thank you for flying Mars Hill Air with us today. I guess it's time to take off, then. Well, let's just hope our flight to Boston will be nice and easy. Jersey anyway. That's it. God, please escort this man to the back of the plane for violent ejection. Hey, I have my rights. You can't do this to people. Oh, but I can. I can't believe that just happened. There's something seriously wrong with all of this. Uh, this is your cabin, speaker. Do not be alarmed. You are now free to move about the cabin and do as you please. Just whatever you do, don't question my actions or authority. So you're a brick salesperson, huh? Yep. But why on earth would you want to talk about something like that at a time like... Oh, yeah. I'm thinking it's time that Mr. Hyatt might have gotten weak in his tunes. It is now time for you all to buckle your seatbelts and hold on tight, because we're about to start doing barrel roll. He's going to do what? <laughs> Remember to always trust your pilots. I know what I'm doing. Oh, I do believe the ground is getting awfully close.
Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Oi, Captain! We got ourselves a heretic! (laughs) And exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich. <laughs> and what exactly do we do with heretics? Oh, uh, we throw them in the boo box. No, no, no. We preach the gospel to them. What if um the heretic doesn't repent? Then we throw them in the boo box. is to heretic, to R is to pirate. Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash Refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game Refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that so much of what passes for preaching and teaching today is not biblical, but is part of the American gospel, which is no gospel at all. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world. And you can partner with us. It is a partnership. Visit our website fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank in our crew. Rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's Mate at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month. And then Quartermaster, $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you'd like to make a one-time contribution, you can do so by clicking on the Donate button. If you'd like to become a patron via Patreon, click on the Become a Patron button. If you would like to support us the traditional analog way, you can do that as well. Uh, Make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith, and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. 
And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right, here is the uh, balance of today's interview. Uh, Stephen Kozar interviewing Brandon Kimber of the documentary The American Gospel. Here we go. So you've really had to dig deep into theology through this process, haven't you? Definitely, yes. Especially in terms of Christology, you know, uh, who was Jesus? You know, what does salvation really mean? I mean, there's one of the underlying issues that I'm always trying to bring up and point out is people think that the study of theology is inherently bad. So if that's your foundational belief, you really don't have anything else to talk about with somebody who has that foundational belief. Because, you know, let me let me explain to you, friend, you know, you said this, this and this. And that can't be true because the Bible says this, this, and this. And they go, well, that's theology now. <laughs> that's not important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, truth isn't important. Well, and they would say the only yeah. truth that's important is what we feel and experience in our heart, you know, stuff like that, which really is. Or, or, yeah, or just love. Yeah. Just love. You just love, man. So I was wondering about uh, some of the people that you interviewed were, you know, pretty big names. Was it hard? to get some of those people to agree to do an interview? It was. Um, I guess the process was when I first started, I interviewed some close friends and family and local pastors around my area. And then I made that concept trailer. And then I kind of used that trailer with some other footage to, you know, send out, as with my interview requests to other people around the country. And, you know, that was for some people, um, they agreed for others. It was a little more difficult because Hmm. nobody knows who I am and I don't blame them. And when we're talking about, um, (laughs) an interview request about the gospel, you don't want just anyone (laughs) to interview you, you know, want to make sure that they're on the same page as you doctrinally and they're not going to twist your words. So. I'm, hey, I'm from the Watchtower Bible and Track Society. I'd like to do an interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I ended up doing a lot with a few people was just to give them, uh, to kind of give their concerns and allow them to hold off signing their release until after they saw the film in its, you know, almost completed form so that, you know, they knew they were comfortable in the end, they'd be comfortable and then they signed the release. So I wasn't like legally able to use their, their footage until they signed that release. So it's kind of a way for me to get my foot in the door. Did you have anybody watch the final film and say, I don't want to be in that. Take me out. (laughs) No, I don't think I did. <laughs> yeah, good. I would think, man, you shouldn't have been interviewing those people to begin with if that was the case. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> did you have some favorites in the process, or is that not a nice thing to say because it makes it sound like you didn't like other people as much? <laughs> but I'm, I just thought, you know, what were some maybe some fun experiences you had? Uh, I, I don't know if I can say specifically. You know, one thing just in general I could say is, Oftentimes, when you you kind of get a perception of what someone may be like through their preaching, 
um, you know, if they're very bold or, <laughs> but when you, when you meet them in person, you realize like, this is the most humble person I've ever met. Hmm. And they're like almost the opposite. So it was surprising in that way. Kind of cool yeah. um, to see that. I won't be specific, but I guess that's all I can say. Yeah. It, it is interesting how um, I think about this a lot because ever since uh, Chris Roseborough kind of took me under his wing and I've been doing some shows with him and becoming a little more well-known, I I am really uncomfortable with being known as anything because I'm really an artist. And uh, I take this whole blogging thing very serious, but I don't have a, uh, an education. I, I'm very well-read and all that stuff, but I don't really want to be seen as an authority figure. And when I see somebody who is an authority figure, I always wonder, when did they get comfortable with that? Or are they ever comfortable with that? And really, should they be comfortable with that? It's a, it's a thing I just don't really understand. Because when, yeah. when you're a Christian, we should always be grounded in uh, our humility, you know, which makes it really awkward to say, hey, come listen to me talk, you know, buy my book, watch my program. I'm humble, yeah. you know, it's just, there's a weirdness about that. But I mean, when the, when you listen to really good preachers, you, you you see what they're doing. They're, they're focusing the attention back on Christ at all times. So that, that's where it starts to really make sense that, yeah. that they can promote themselves because they're really not promoting themselves. No, I, I agree. And I think, I think the, the bad thing about the filmmaking process is related to that very thing. Mm -hmm. The whole, you know, th this is a, this is something that you're crafting, that you're getting feedback on, that is either going to make you feel prideful or, or not. Um, there's that temptation. Um, you want the good feedback, but you know, with this, with this pro project, just presenting the gospel i expected positive and negative feedback like i said before um but pride in ministry i can imagine is a big temptation a bit like a big sin issue with some ministers i mean i guess you can see where it's not well, sorry. Let me say that again. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> You're doing good. Actually, I'm not sure what I was, where I was going. Um, well, let me ask you this. I was going to end that. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Let me ask you this. I, I mean, the whole movie world in general is has nothing to do with the gospel. It's in in many ways, it's the opposite of the gospel. It's about pleasure. It's about entertaining ourselves. It's about celebrating sinfulness, all that stuff. And here you made a movie and, you know, it's trying to preach the gospel. And the end result now is that you're becoming more famous. Is That's got to be a little bit weird. Yeah, it's there. You know, people have a, we, we have a tendency to worship people. Yeah. And big, um big you know, problem. Yeah. People want to latch onto a personality, they want to invite you to you know, their screening and answer questions or they want to make a a conference about around your film and you know, some of that I'm not 
saying that's all bad intention, but I don't really feel comfortable a lot of times <laughs> putting myself in that position. Like I'm not, I'm not saying anything new. I'm just taking things that people have been saying for decades mm-hmm. for centuries, <laughs> centuries. Yeah, actually. Um, and just repackaging it into a format that's maybe easier to understand. Well, you know, or and, more compelling. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I, I struggle with this issue in the world of discernment ministries or whatever you want to call what I do. And people like me and this whole kind of genre, we become, in too many cases, we become another form of the problem in that people want to find somebody to give them their answers. They want somebody to say, here's what you should believe, here's what you shouldn't believe. Well, they they discovered that they're part of a really, really way out there in Wackiesville church, and they learned through, you know, Todd Friel or Justin Peters or Chris Roseborough or somebody like that. Well, now they believe whatever that person says, and they become a fan. They become... You know, it's another version of the same thing. It's a lot closer to the truth, but it's still not exactly right. Yeah. We have a tendency, I guess, is basically as sinful humans to want to latch on to somebody else instead of, you know, God himself and God's word in its purest yeah. form. So it's just a, it's an interesting issue. I don't have any, you know, fundamental solution to the whole thing, but I just kind of wonder Repent. about it. <laughs> that's what you that's what we can always do yeah there's there's no problem with that just you know that's what i love about in our church we start the service with a confession of sins and and the pastor's job is to remind us of our forgiveness and to pronounce the forgiveness of sins you you never can go wrong <laughs> by saying yeah i probably did some dumb things some sinful things i probably was prideful and we just kind of keep going through this this process of repentance and receiving the gospel and repenting again and receiving the gospel again. And, and, uh, that's yeah. a, that's a wonderful thing. It is. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about the next two movies. This, these <laughs> are the ones that are going to have like, uh, special effects and monsters and, um, uh, a lot of science fiction <laughs> and CGI. I need a bigger budget. Yeah. That was the case. <laughs> Superheroes, that's the key. <laughs> well, the next two movies. Um, so when I started this whole process, um, I was asking questions in my interviews covering a much broader range of topics than just the prosperity gospel. And I wasn't, I guess, I wasn't sure what this whole format was going to be um but it ended up being that i was going to make multiple films each focused on a different distortion of the gospel and so the sequel to christ alone is christ crucified and that's going to focus more on progressive christianity the emergent church their attacks on the atonement yeah and a lot of the offensive parts of the gospel, you know, hell, the wrath of God, the exclusivity of Jesus Christ and salvation, you know, the things that they like to subtract from the gospel, make it less offensive. Um, so, you know, the first film was more, what are we adding to the gospel? 
And the second one is what are we subtracting from gospel? Um, the third film I kind of touched on before. Well, I will call it untitled for now, but it will be a kind of a return back to the charismatic world, but focused on Bethel, Todd White. Um, and a lot of these ministries connection to the Toronto blessing. Yeah. And this was, this was something that I went to as a kid. My right. parents took us to Toronto. And so it's always been fascinated me. Um, you know, I kind of want to explore the history, um, of that and the fire that they say is, you know, that comes from that. Um, I guess that's really all I can say about that for now. Um, you have a. I am. I'm hoping to find more stories from people, you know, besides Lindsay Davis, um, people who were involved. And and one thing that I do find interesting, you know, I I keep seeing people who have been involved in the New Age movement coming out and then getting sucked into this hyper-charismatic movement because mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities. And then they re- realized that they were deceived again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm finding a lot of people with stories like that, which I think will be helpful to include because what we're, I think we're all saying is that a lot of these um, practices are just new age cloaked in Christian, you know, terms. Yeah. And, and they're dangerous. It's, it's a, like a pseudo new age teaching with a veneer of Christianity. Yeah. And it, it's also true that there are Christians who came out of the new age movement who, you know, really did get saved. You know, they have a very vibrant faith and it's, uh, very scripturally grounded. And then those people, when they hear about what's going on in Bethel, they, they are some of the best critics because they're saying, are you people crazy? Yeah. I got out of all that stuff. That's not Christianity. That's, you know, that's occultism. I did it. I know. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite people to interview, I'm going to be interviewing her soon, is Marcia Montenegro, who's got a great oh. ministry. And yeah. She was a former New Age professional um, <laughs> new ager. And she has, I'm a, actually going to interview her too. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. She's a lot of fun and she's really, uh, very well read, very educated and very strong in her opinions because she really was, you know, th- she went through the ringer. Yeah. And so she doesn't mince words, which is great. And it is bizarre though, how, um, all we have to do people is read our Bibles and a lot of this stuff would never happen. You know, and uh, yeah. man, I'm just I, I I I keep coming back to that. I just uh, I don't know if you saw that thing I posted, uh, dear Christian, stop it. That article I just posted about a week ago. It's it just really went viral of of all my articles recently, and it's just a simple little article talking about all the things that people believe that aren't in the Bible at all. Yeah, it sounds like a very judgmental articles steve like, <laughs> are you sure you don't have a religious spirit yes i'm sure <laughs> but thank you 
you've you've never heard that before, have you? Oh boy! Uh, I hear it all the time. Yep. I, I wanted to ask you: Do you have because you showed a trailer, but is that not public yet? It is not public. Um, is that going to be public? Hint, some hint, hint. form of it. Some form of it in the future. Yeah. Okay. So what we're doing right now, and I'm unintentionally doing it, is I'm making everybody. You know, it's like a psychological exercise in teasing people. Please give <laughs> us the trailer. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just don't describe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the CGI was amazing. That's oh, oh, I probably gave it away already. Ugh, sorry. <laughs> do you want to talk? I'm not about- sure what I would do for CGI yeah. and something like that. Would I like put actual fire in Benny Hinn's hand when he throws his hand? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen some of those um, videos where they make like? Um, um, the, the, the farting pastor, yeah, Robert Tilton. <laughs> that, that's not CGI, but that's <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah. You get people who are confused about that if that's real or not. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah. Robert Tilton. A lot of people don't realize this, but he was the biggest word of faith pastor in the world. He was super famous. He was making uh, just millions and millions of dollars. He had his own school. And the only reason he really got uh, brought down was because he was picked by one of the major networks. Uh, they they chose him. He was probably the easiest target. And um, yeah. they did an expose on him. And it just destroyed him. And he never recovered, although he still is around. Robert Tilton still has a tiny little ministry. Yeah. But he was a slime ball. He was really bad. But at the time, he was just as big as uh, some of these guys. These guys are today. So unfortunately, uh, it takes the secular media to bring down what we as Christians should be able to bring down ourselves because they're so obviously heretical. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you saw the recent thing that Inside Edition did. Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. Yep. I, that thing's everybody keeps passing that around like crazy, which I'm glad. And I hope that it has the same sort of effect. Um, well, in yeah, fact, I'm not sure how like Todd White can watch that. I don't know. Endorse. That's one of the first things that you did when we first met was you made that video that I put on my YouTube channel where it shows Kenneth Copeland and Todd White together. And, and, and then it, you put those clips together of Kenneth Copeland saying, money, come to me. And he's been exposed yeah. for decades now as just a money grubbing fraud. And, but Stephen, Stephen, or sorry, Steve, he has saved about 130 million people, That's 100, right? 122. Okay. That's the Oops. latest figures that he has, yeah. You need to be wagging your finger at me when you do that, too. So, yeah. <laughs> so oh. there's good fruit, right? Yes, yeah, as long as you got people saved, man. No, it really yeah, is. Saved by the prosperity gospel. <laughs> I, I, would, I would hope that... What you're doing and what I'm doing and others like us are doing is to get um, this kind of movement of a few more people who really are interested in this kind of thing and they just can't turn it off. You know, it's something that really drives them and they want to – once you start learning about what's really going on, you've kind of – you know, somebody's pulled back the curtain and you see the guy behind the curtain. It's, It's not the wizard. It's this little guy turning a bunch of cranks and stuff and you're like, man, I see it. I want everyone else to see it. 
I hope that we inspire people to do similar things, you know, to, to make other films or to, to create their own YouTube channels or to start blogging and to do it intelligently yeah. and to do it after a lot of thought and a lot of study, not to just jump into it because that's another problem. Yeah. But this is what this is what Christians should be doing. We we are people who should really love the truth, and we should love God's word so much that we want it to be kept pure. We don't want it to be uh, adulterated. We don't want it to be, you know, misconstrued and twisted the way that it is. Yeah, I mean that's, I mean that's my my goal as a a Christian and Christian filmmaker. Uh, you know, you want to clarify, defend, proclaim the gospel, elevate Christ. And if you have a, if you have a job or a, a hobby, an ability where you can do that in a unique way, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you making filmmaking is I'm, I'm so impressed by what has happened with this whole thing. I'm, I'm just blown away. I'm, I'm, feeling a little bit old, like, wow, this whole filmmaking thing seems like a really good idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just wasn't thinking, you know, I guess, you know, I I don't have a background in it. I've always been interested in it, like a lot of people, you know, and I was actually even thinking about this today. Um, I had to run an errand and I was out and I got stuck in a rainstorm. So I did a bunch of videoing with my, just with my iPhone, because I love rainy days, both for making paintings, but just because I, I have some ideas for some video filming things. And, um, I was thinking that must be a big part of your background that you just love image making or am I wrong? It's more about the movie itself. Well, you know, I, I have some artistic background. I used to like to draw a lot in yeah. high school, but, um, <laughs> I kind of wanted to get into like hand, drawn animation but at the time it was kind of a dying format and i hmm. realized you know i'm never well, i couldn't afford to get any type of computer program to learn that stuff but video was something that i had been doing and you know as a hobby and it was it was fun experimenting with visual effects and storytelling and all that but yeah. that just kind of turned into a job. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And you must have a drone. Or, or I do. Yeah, that's, 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 I really want to get a drone. When, when I look at that kind of footage, I think, oh, that is so cool, because I just can't get up that high, you know. <laughs> I, I used to have a minivan, and a lot of times when I was out in the country taking photos, I would climb up on top just to get a different viewpoint. But a drone, man. Just yeah. for, for single images, it's cool, but for video, it's really cool. Just in the last ten years, I mean, those have become affordable. It didn't even didn't exist. Really, I don't think they existed in the last ten years. Not not in the format that we have today at all. I yeah, mean, even Consumer. the ability to to get like um, the the cameras, the uh, the digital SLRs that are doing filmmaking. Is, yeah, it's an amazing advancement because you can make a film that looks really really good without spending, you know, $100,000 on equipment, which is, yep. which is great. It also, it also means that everybody and his brother is going to be making films, uh, <laughs> which means you got to up yeah. your game, I guess, right? It kind of uh, forces you to just do your best, I suppose. Yeah, that's where you need to take your time and actually make a film 
and not just, you know, put out weekly YouTube videos. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's a completely um, different format. Yeah. You know, I got to I got to tell this story that kind of gave me an insight into your personality and your uh craftsmanship because you asked me to film some stuff because you had some ideas that you didn't have anybody uh, already recorded to to who had talked about certain topics so you said can you record yourself at home doing some um you know basically pretending like yeah. there's an interviewer there so i i spent a day i set up these cameras and stuff and i sent you all this stuff put all the equipment away and like phew that was a pain in the neck but I, I actually enjoyed it because I learned some things in the process. And then you you had the guts to say, can you redo that? Because it didn't look good enough. It didn't have uh, lighting <laughs> consistent enough with the other footage. And I remember thinking, Brandon, I can't believe I got to redo this stuff. But it made me appreciate that you really did care about the craftsmanship and you wanted there to be a uniformity to the way the interviews looked. So I, I reshot that stuff. And in fact, I just looked at some of it the other day and I think I'm going to try to upload some of it to YouTube. Just yeah, so. I need to put some of that out so that your work has some fruit. <laughs> it was fun because you gave me these parameters and said, can you talk on this? So I just turned on the camera and off the top of my head, I tried to just talk about it for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Which I, I talk too much as it is. So somebody saying, can you please talk for me? is like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I appreciate your craftsmanship because I, I, you know, that's what I do with my painting for sure and my writing as well. I try to be uh, somebody who's clear and you get to the point and you do it with um, craftsmanship. Detail and, and precision. Yep, yep. I, do, you yeah, ever, well, do, you, do you struggle with those sometimes never getting things done because you're going too far and you find yourself, you know, almost um, hindered by the fact that you're too much of a perfectionist? Well, it can definitely sit down. I, I used to be like that when I would draw. My art teacher would let me do like a, a drawing for eight months in our our class. So that sounds like me. Um, yep. As far as uh, video, I think a lot of my problem is that I am taking on too much, and I can just get overwhelmed hmm. and find it hard to to focus on working on a small specific area and I, I have a thousand other things like for example i'm trying to keep up with communication and promotion with the first movie while editing the second movie while shooting and planning the third movie all at the same time wow. so yeah. you can understand that it's really hard to focus sometimes and that's not your job I mean, you're you're paid for a job per se. You 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 are working for a small filmmaking company, doing other stuff on top of all that, right? Well, actually, or has that changed? That's all I'm doing right now. Oh, oh, well, that's good. <laughs> so that's it very makes good. it easier. Yeah, but, but still, there's like a blending between <clears throat> personal and work life. Like, you know, I I do the research because I want to on my own time. But, you know, it is for work, but it's also because I care about the gospel and and helping other people understand it better so sure yeah it's a weird blend right no i can relate but it's a good blend well this has been really fun we could talk a lot more but i think uh it's been really interesting just to hear a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff and again thank you so much for what you're doing and thanks for allowing me to be a small part of it 
And uh, we will certainly be talking again, and, and um, I'll do everything I can to continue to promote the next things that you come out with. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably do one of these things in the not-too-distant future next time, you know, the, the next film comes out or whatever. Yeah. My, my door is always open. <laughs> However, they say that. So thanks, Brandon. Well, thank you, Steve. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for having me. So, what'd you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at pirate Christian. Until next week, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.